I will tell you that when you pick up a verse, a part of a chapter, at the end of a chapter, that if you don't go back to the beginning of the chapter, you'll miss the point of the chapter. In Mark 4 verse 1, it tells us the very beginning of this happening, so you have to go back several verses. The Bible said, And Jesus began to teach by the seaside, and there were gathered unto him a great multitude, so that he entered into a ship and sat in the sea. And the whole multitude was by the sea on the land. Now this is important to understand because to be better seen and heard, this ship that Jesus entered into became his pulpit. Amen. He began to teach on ministry. Make no mistake, that which you hear about today is about ministry. He took the ship as his pulpit and many times we take many different places as our pulpit and it appears that I'm going to have to get a new pulpit amen this little old pulpit brother Danny has been inspiring me to get me a new pulpit so we got to go there before it completely falls apart but I can't help but think of how many messages have been preached across this pulpit and how many people have been saved by the messages preached on this pulpit but Jesus entered and became, the ship became his pulpit, and he began to teach on ministry. Ministry is important in our lives. From the ship that he taught them of the sower and the seed, he taught them, amen, of the stony ground, of the thorny ground, and then of the good ground. We all know the story, don't we? He taught them that no one buys a candle and puts it under a bushel. Or under a bed but on a candlestick so that it can be seen. How many know that what we have is real and it's never meant to be seen. Amen. Or hidden from anybody. Amen. Oh listen. I'm thankful today for the gospel of Jesus Christ. For I'm not ashamed of it because it's the power of God unto salvation. Under the Jew, under the Greek. Thank God that we've got the gospel. And let me tell us today that we've got the gospel. I can't hide the gospel. Amen. It's up to me to proclaim the gospel. And that's what these scriptures today are talking about. And he's teaching people of ministry. And he's telling them about the gospel. He taught them of the process of the seed. That first the seed had to die. And then spring forth and then grow up. And then he said this. First the blade. Then the ear. And after that the full ear. Then the harvest. Amen. He put that in columns so that they could better understand that you many times can't get from here to here. You got to go from here to here to here and then get to here. Amen. He taught them of that process. And, and let me tell us today, amen, ministry working in our lives and, and, and our lives themselves are a process under the Lord. Amen. God is working in us. As a matter of fact, Amen. The Bible said that we are to grow up in Christ. When we come to the knowledge of God in our life, amen, I believe that that is the starting point. That is the birth certificate, amen, that we are born with. When we, amen, come to the knowledge of Him and the power of, of His salvation, <coughs> that is the beginning point of who we are. Amen. That's not... Uh, that's not our high school diploma. That's not our college doctorate. Amen. That's the starting point 
amen, that we enter into. As a matter of fact, even in our ministry, amen, that, 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 uh, that is birthed in us on the day we're born. He taught them from the ship of the parable of the mustard seed. He said when it sowed in the earth, he said the smallest seed of all the seeds, but when it's sown, it groweth up and it becomes greater than all the herbs. We have, we have learned about this. We have sang songs about this. I mean, we have a deep understanding of the mustard seed. As a matter of fact, when I sow mustard seed, Amen. I will mix it many times with a low-grade fertilizer that I can understand where the seed has fallen because you start throwing seed out and you'll not know where it goes. So you have to mix it with something. I was talking with Brother Ronnie, and Brother Ronnie told me he mixes his with oatmeal that you can see the scattering of the seed because it's dark and it's small. Amen. But then he goes on to tell us, amen, that that seed, when it's full-grown, it becomes of the greatest herbs of the field. Let me tell some in this place you're going to be ministered to today. Amen. You may feel that your ministry is small and what you bring to the kingdom of God is small and what is being produced in you is small. Let me tell you, when you mix it with the word of God and you mix it with faith, you better watch out. Amen. Because that small faith will grow up and that small seed will grow up and it'll one day become something mighty in the Lord. Oh, do you hear what I'm saying today? Amen. I'm telling you about ministry and that's what Jesus was preaching about. Amen. In getting ready to send those men to Kadera, he began to implement and to pour into them an understanding of ministry that they would come to the knowledge of God in ministry. I'm here today to inspire somebody and to tell you this uh, that if you're sitting on a Pentecostal pew and you're not reaching anybody, you need to take a self-adjustment. You, you need to Get a look at who you are and realize this. God has called every one of you into ministry. Yeah. Amen. That's the truth. Again, I don't mean to go back and reference so frequently. But uh, we were talking with those ladies at prison. And uh, they, they noticed that uh, this has been going on for a year there. And those ladies now are receiving the Holy Ghost. And God is doing powerful things have been baptized but they have struggles they have problems they have all kinds of things just like you and I do and now what they're finding is this amen out there that when one of them will feel down they, they will go out under a tree out there and some of the others will gather around them and brother Nate Amen. They'll start to uh, minister to one another. And then the next thing you know on a state prison ground, they're having a prayer meeting out in the middle of the circle there. Let me tell you about ministry. Ministry is powerful. Where sin does abound, grace does much more abound. There's a world of people today that need to know who Jesus is. There's a lost and dying world that needs to be saved. And without an understanding of ministry, you'll never reach lost people. Oh my, I feel the Holy Ghost. I want to tell us today, amen, make no doubt about it. Our mission is fishing. Amen, that's our mission. God didn't save you to come in and sit down on a pew and never do nothing. I believe today God has poured into you the power of the Holy Ghost that you could pour this out on somebody. Oh, such as I have, give I thee. 
believe in the name of Jesus. I believe today somebody needs to come alive in the ministry that God has planted on the inside of you and to say, devil, you're a liar. Amen. I've got ministry in my life. Hallelujah. All of that happened as Jesus began to minister to those people. Now we find in verse 35 they're shifting gears. The scripture said in that same day even was come. No doubt he was tired and exhausted and he said let us pass over to the other side. I'm going to submit that here, just like the other parables that he spoke about, there's always more to the story. That's what Jesus does. Amen. When he begins to minister to us, Sister Amy, there's always more to the story. That's why we find ourselves studying the word and seeking his face and and crawling under his wings because there's, there's always more to the story than what's been revealed. You, you, you can study this scripture here and I'm telling you, you can come out with hundreds of messages, amen, and every one of them different because they are the word of God, amen, and, and they're powerful and they're real to the edifying of the soul. So let me tell you this today, amen, we find here, amen, that Jesus begins to tell them this, let's go to the other side. I like that. Amen. I, every time I hear that, I think of my father. Every time. There's not one time that I hear that phrase that I don't think of dad. My dad was a go to the other side type of guy. And everything he did is go to the other side. We'd put our boat out and I would say, dad, where do you want to go? He'd say, go to the other side, way over there. We got a boat, we got a motor, let's go to the other side. We would wind up coming all the way back catching fish right where we put up. Amen. But he had to go to the other side to see what was going on. I believe today that we're on our way to the other side. I believe when we launched our boat that we're he- oh my that we're headed to the other side. I don't know about you, but I made up my mind. I'm not going to stay where I'm at. I'm headed to the other side. I'm going to see what's on the other coast. I'm going to see where else he leads me. I'm going to see what else he produces. Oh my. Amen. I believe today there's a world of people in this place that have got ministry on the inside of them. And if you'll get an appetite for the other side, Ah, God didn't create you to be a hermit hear me today God didn't create you to be a hermit he created you to reach somebody with this gospel of Jesus Christ but you got to get to the other side in order to share it with somebody amen there was always more to the story Then we find, he said, you go to the other side. God is always challenging us to understand something more spiritually. To give us a bigger bite to extend our faith. Amen? Uh, Just a a bigger look. He's always challenging us to to stretch ourselves. To understand, amen, that that, that there's something more more deeper than what we've already experienced. And, and we can find it in the writing of the parables going under this chapter. And if you would, in your mind, if you could see this today. Amen. He said first the blade, then the ear, then the full fruit. Amen. Let me tell us. First we repent, then baptism, and then you're going to receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. It was a process of bringing us to the other side. 
amen, we can even find it going back into Old Testament, amen, they were locked in sin, amen, oh, Pharaoh ruled over them, and they walked out of that place, they crossed the Red Sea, they were baptized, and they lived in the wilderness of sin, and they went round and round and round and round and round for 40 years until somebody said, God said, it's time to get you to the other side, and he crossed the Jordan River, and he led the people across, and the walls of Jericho fell down and they took the promised land. Let me tell us today, God has purpose in your life to get you to the other side. Don't get lost in the wilderness of sin. Don't get tied up with the affairs of the world. Understand this. God is calling you to the other side. Hallelujah. I know we're doing things. I know we're having babies and we're having jobs and we're having fellowship and we're having church. But let me tell you this. Amen. Uh, the, the end of the story. The rest of the story is this. We're to get to the other side, Brother Danny, with as many as we can get to the other side with. That's why we're here. Amen. But it's a process of always adding. God reveals a little and then he points us in a direction. Then he says there's more for you. Amen. Scripture tells us, giving all diligence, add to your faith virtue, and to virtue knowledge, and to knowledge temperance, and to temperance patience, and to patience godliness, and to godliness brotherly kindness. And just when you think I've got it all mastered, he said, you add to brotherly kindness love. Amen. Not just love, not just an infatuation. Amen. But agape love. What does that mean? He said you add all of this. Amen. To you. And I want us to understand this today. Amen. When you're born into the kingdom of God. Amen. I believe today that we come in many times because we're down and out. And we got to have a change in our life. We've been convicted of our sin. And, and there's some change that needs to happen. Amen. But then it's a growing process, Brother Joe. And we begin to grow up in the Lord. And God begins to add things in our life. But he said this, don't you forget, in all of this, you got to add love. And it's not just an infatuated love, it's an agape love. What is that? That's the love that drove Jesus Christ to the cross of Calvary. That's the, oh my, that's the love that made him go to the whipping post. Uh, when in fact he didn't have to in his flesh. Amen. But love drove him to that place. Let me tell us today, God has challenged us, every one of us, to be more than who we are. Hallelujah. Too many of us become satisfied with our person. Amen. We think we're perfect. We think we got it down. We think we've mastered this. Amen. But I'm here today to give you a word and to tell us this. Amen. God is calling you into some deeper ministry. Amen. This kind of love that he said that you've got to add to your life, it challenges us more. It makes us do more. It makes us say more. It makes us act more. Makes us live more, makes us push harder, makes us reach lost folks. Paul said it like this forgetting those things which are behind, reaching forth to those which are, are before, I press toward the mark for the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. In other words, there's some things, there's some things that I, I, I've got to get out of my life. There's some things that I've got to get behind me. Amen. To get to Gadara, you've got to get in the ship and you've got to leave the safety of the seashore. Don't you hear me today? Listen to Hebrews, the sixth chapter. The Bible said, this is number one. 
Amen. Therefore, leaving the principles of doctrine of Christ, let us go on unto perfection. Not laying again the foundations of repentance from dead works and faith towards God, of the doctrine of baptisms, the laying on of hands, the resurrection of the dead, of eternal judgment. He said, let's go on. You mean you want me to leave those things? No, you've mastered those things. You understand those things. He said, so now i got to get you to the other side. It's not enough that you dwell right here where you got knowledge of that. Oh, when I came into this thing, I understood I had been around preaching enough. I knew that through baptism in Jesus' name and the the pouring out and the infilling of the Holy Ghost that something happened in my life. But let me tell you on that day, there was an innate burning desire to be more, amen, like Jesus Christ. And I went through some of the roughest turmoil in my life that I've ever been to or through is trying to get to a place and trying to master, amen, some things in my life. And God began to work them out. Amen. Let me tell us today this. Amen. He, he goes on to preach this. Paul said this. But beloved, he said, we are persuaded better things of you and things that accompany salvation. In other words, it's not enough that you stay right here. Amen. On the seashore there in Galilee, he said, you you gotta, you got to leave those things behind. You, you've got to master them and then you've got to go on. How many know that in the scripture that we're talking about, he was speaking of holiness. He was speaking of righteousness. He was speaking of sanctification. And I want you to see this. He said we can master the laying on of hands. We can master the areas of repentance. We can master having received the Holy Ghost. Amen. But amen. he's still working on me to make me what I ought to be. It took him just a week to make the moon and the stars, the sun and the earth and Jupiter and Mars. Amen. Oh, listen, I'm telling you today, God is still working on Philip Cook. There's a big work to be done in his life. And I want to challenge you today, before you point your finger at somebody else, you need to point your finger at yourself and say this, i got to get better for God. I've got to go on in God. I've got to master some things. I've got oh, there's some things that come with getting the Holy Ghost. I, I didn't get it all when I started speaking in tongues. Hallelujah. If we're not careful as apostolics, you know, we'll think we got this thing down pat. Amen. And we'll forget the fundamentals of growing to be like Christ Jesus. He said, I, beloved, he said, I am persuaded better things of you. Things that accompany salvation. Let me tell you, to get to this place called Gadara, and make no mistake, this place called Gadara is a place of ministry in your life. Amen. Let me tell you, God may call you when you're born, but know this, there's a process of getting you there. Amen. Most of us don't start preaching the day we're born. Amen. I'm not telling you there's there's not some that that were or weren't. I'm not going there. But I'm telling you today in the life we live, there's a lot of junk we got to get out of our lives. There's a lot of areas that we got to have fixed. Brother McKeithen, when we get the Holy Ghost, it is a process of change. And when I go through enough change, I become useful for the hand of God. Amen. I've got to get some things out of my life. And I've got to get some things in my life. Amen. But I'm not going to get that unless I get in the boat. Amen. If you want to live on the seashore, you live on the seashore. But salvation's on the other side. 
Ministry is on the, oh my, ministry is on the other side. Lost people, oh, lost people are on the other side. If you don't long for lost people, you need to check your salvation. Hallelujah. He said, beloved, we are, we are persuaded better things of you. Things that accompany salvation. To get to Gadara, this place of ministry, you've got to leave the seashore. Amen. Let me tell you today about the seashore, this place in Galilee. This place, amen, is the safe space in which we operate in. The seashore is our starting point. It's, we, we receive the word. It's, it's where we're challenged by the word. It's, it's, a, it, it, it's a, uh, the ship. Amen. If we could understand this today, the seashore, amen, is where we're birthed. The seashore is where the word comes into us. Amen. But the ship is the place where our faith is tried. Let me challenge us today. And when they had sent away the multitude, they took him even as he was in the ship. And there were also other little ships. Amen. To get to Gadara, sometimes you've got to go it without the multitudes. I, I love tens and twenties and fifties. And hundreds. I, I love this. I love coming to a congregation of people and, and, and lifting our hands and what transpires when we begin to worship the Lord and the power of God made evident in the souls of men and tears streaming down faces and God doing all of this in the multitudes. But let me tell the church this today. Some of the grandest works that are ever going to be done in your life are going to be done in lonely places. Ha ha ha. Uh, yeah, we don't want to hear that. But that's the truth of the matter. Amen. We want to be with the multitudes. We want to be with the many. But let me tell you, some of the most profitable places that you're ever going to operate in, you are going to be in a place with you and Jesus. Hallelujah. To get to Gadara, sometimes you've got to go without the multitudes. Amen. My ministry and some of my greatest growth spurts when I received some of my deepest revelations of God were when it was just me and Him. Amen. In a ship where I could go nowhere. He had me right there. Amen. There were some times of perfection in my life that nobody saw. Nobody knew it was happening but me. Nobody understood what was transpiring in my life but me. Maybe my pastor. Amen. I, 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 I was lonely. I was hurting. Amen. I was struggling within. My spouse uh, didn't know what was going on within me. I, I had struggles there that I was facing, facing and battling. Amen. And let me tell you today before you feel sorry for me. Amen. I got through those things. Amen. But every one of you have had the same kind of things in your life. Every one of you have struggles and trials and issues and problems and baggage. Yeah, yeah. we all got baggage, every one of us. Amen, there's not a single individual in this house that doesn't have issues 
issues in their life that are not struggling with some things, amen, that are not going through something in their life. But let me tell you this today, amen, in my ministry, in my greatest growth spurts, when I received some of my deepest revelations of God, amen, when it was just me and him in a ship where I couldn't go nowhere and God had me cornered and he said this, there's got to be a change in you. Something's got to happen in you. There's no way you can get to Gadara. There's, oh my, there's no way you can ever take a pulpit until something transpires in you. Amen. I see so many people that'll say, Brother Cook, amen, I feel a calling in my life. Let me tell you this, praise God. Thank you, Jesus, and hallelujah. Now let me tell you this, grab a broom. Amen. Get a job. Work the church. <clears throat> Reach a soul. Teach a Bible study. You want to do something for God. Amen. Let him corner you in your place. Let him get to you a place. Amen. That he can talk to you and speak to you and lead you and rebuke you and guide you and minister to you because you'll never ever get to Gadara a place of ministry in your life without coming to the knowledge of this in your life. I want to ask you today, how many in here want to be better? How many want to do more honestly for the kingdom of God? Amen. I want you to know that I'm preaching just as hard to Philip Cook as I am to anybody else in this place. Amen. I love the fellowship of hundreds. I love the praise team and I love the worship leader and I love the fellowship of many. But sometimes God has to get me near by myself to speak the secret things to, to, to me. Amen. Psalms 91 says this. He that dwelleth in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. I will say of the Lord, He is my refuge and my fortress. Amen. My God in Him I will trust. Amen. Sometimes our calling and ministry, amen, in getting us to the place of Gadara. I've got to come to a secret place or the secret place of the Most High. Let, let, me, let me tell us today what I'm feeling in the Holy Ghost. Amen. There's a world of people that are saying, God, I want to be used of you and God. I want to do more for you and God. I long, God, to be, to be used. I, I long, God, for you to invest in me ministry. I, I'm here to tell you today, amen, that, that this, uh, sometimes you got to get alone with God and you got to get on the potter's wheel and he's got to put his hand on you and take some things out of your life that are not needed and add some things in your life that are needed. I'm telling, talking to us about ministry. Amen. Moses on the mount of uh, of Sinai he found a burning bush and he was given instruction in the ministry and then God told him he said you get them rotten shoes off your feet he said because the ground you're walking on is holy ground sometimes in our life there's some things that need to be gotten out of our life oh I'm preaching the truth today some of us want to walk this big but we don't want to get rid of issues this small Oh, Brother Cook, you don't know how I like that. You don't know how fun that is in my life. Amen. Let me tell us today. Amen. It doesn't have to be sin to crush your ministry. Ain't that right, Brother Bo? It don't have to be. The small things. The little things. Amen. 
That's what crushes our ministry, little things in our life. Amen. So I've got to watch the little things in my life. Amen. If, if God is going to send me to tackle the big things. I, I preached on this one time when, when David came and he fought Goliath. He said, I fought a bear first and a lion. Amen. Now let me tell you, I believe there were critters he fought before the bears and the lions. Amen. I think that that young man probably smacked birds and killed lizards before he did that. He was a young man. That's what young men do. They're brutal. He learned to use the sling. He got into the process of being used. And then when it came time, there was a lion that, that, that rose up against him. And the Bible said that he grabbed him by the beard. Now I'm going to tell you something. There's a lot of things that I've done and there's a lot of devils that I've fought. Amen. But this man don't want to grab a lion by the beard. You know what I'm saying? But this man grabbed a lion by the beard. And then he grabbed a bear. Amen. But you know what? God was preparing him for a bigger ministry. Oh, I'm preaching in the Holy Ghost today. I'm here to tell you that some of the battles you're fighting and some of the things you're going through are perfecting you and they're bringing you to a place that when the devil rises up, you can look him dead in the eye and said, you come to me with a spear and a sword, but I come to you in the name of the Lord. Oh, some of us, let me tell you, you got to get to a place that God can subtract. You got to come to a place that God can operate in your ministry. You got to come to a place of trusting and understanding who he is. Too many of us are wanting to fight Goliath and we've never fought a mouse. I don't know why. I don't know why that I can't see somebody in my ministry being healed of blinded eyes. Find you a prayer room somewhere. He said, if you'll come to me secretly and close the door, he said, I'll reward you openly. I'm here to tell you, you want a big ministry, develop you a big prayer life. If you want a great anointing, you find yourself a great humility. I'm telling you, God has called you. I'm preaching to some today. I'm telling you, God has called you into ministry. He has called you into work in the kingdom. He has called you into living for God. But you got to get the little things out of your life. Hallelujah. Moses was on the mount of God and God wrote on the tablets of stone and the glory of God shone on his face so powerfully that he had to wear a veil. Amen. Jacob found Bethel. He found the house of God while he was all by himself. Elijah heard a still small voice. Amen of God in a cave on a mountain. All alone. Paul spent three and a half years in Arabia. While God was speaking to him revelation. Jesus spent 40 days in the wilderness before coming out in demonstration and power of the spirit. 
Amen. Let me tell us today. Some of you are feeling alone today. Amen. You, 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 you're never alone. He said, I'll never leave you alone. I'll never forsake you. Let me tell you about this place called alone. It's a great place. It's a good place. It's a place for God to speak into you. Amen. When nobody else is there. It's a place that God could deliver his word of truth into your life and, and perfect you in ministry. Amen. There's some in here today that are saying, I don't know why it is that I pray myself out in 15 minutes and it seems that God dissipates. Let me tell you. Amen. Sometimes God hides his face from you and he's saying, come find me. Come find me. Come find me. Some of you are saying, I feel so alone in my trial. I feel so alone in my struggle. I got a word for you today. He said, I'll never leave you nor forsake you. You ain't never alone. Jesus is right there with you. That place called alone, amen, it is a graduation place. It's a place that God can speak to you when you don't have none of the junk blaring in your ear. Hallelujah. I'm preaching to us today. Amen. We have so much busy and so much yuck going on in our lives. Sometimes God's got to get us to a place. What's God doing in my life? I don't know why this has befallen me. Maybe it, it is because God is trying to speak to you. Oh, I'm either hitting home or... Some of us are feeling alone, but let me tell you, the disciples were alone on the ship and the multitudes were, on the, were, were dispersed from the seaside. The third thing in getting to Gadara is this. Verse 37 says this. And there arose a great storm of the wind. And its waves beat into the ship. So that it was now full. Church, let me tell us this today. A ship will never fulfill its purpose in the harbor. A ship will never fulfill its purpose in the harbor. Never. I, I, I say this frequently and often. Let me tell us this so that it rings in our ears. God did not save you to sit on a Pentecostal pew. He didn't save you for that reason. He saved you for a purpose and that that purpose would be to reach somebody else with that purpose that he's planted on the inside of you. And the waves arose. There arose a great storm and the wind and the waves beat into the ship so that it was now full. Amen. The ship will never fulfill its purpose in the harbor and you will never be a great seaman without facing some storms. Never. You'll never be a great seaman without facing some storms. Some of us want to be master captains without facing some storms. Let me tell us this. You will never get to Gadara without some storms in your life. You'll never get to a place of ministry that God can use you affectionately and powerfully without facing some storms in your life. Some storms. Everybody say storms. Oh, storms. We don't like to talk about storms. We don't like to insinuate anything about storms. We don't want to even utter the word. Amen? Has anybody ever told you it can't get no worse? Uh, if you've ever heard that saying, raise your hand. I rebuke everybody 
amen, that would ever say it can't get no worse because let me tell you, amen, you think it can't get no worse, just ask Jonah right before he got swallowed, amen, by a slobbering whale in the ocean. Amen. Praise God. I, I, I heard recently that a, a praying preacher will open the belly and the mouth, amen, of a slobbering fish. Amen. You'll get that in a minute. You have to go through storms in life that God brings you to a place that he can use you effectively. You will never, ever, ever be used effectively. I, I, I couldn't help but think, even as I was finishing my message, I had uh, Sister Jennifer, I had Sister Alyssa call me. She, she stays in touch with us and she is, she is a minister. That's who she is. She's a minister. But let me tell you this. She wasn't always like that. I mean, she went through some lonely times and some hard times and some trying times and some alone times until she realized, I'm going to win a soul. And she reached out and she won a companion in the Lord. And now I'm watching these two walk in ministry beyond belief. And, and they're, they're ministering to one another. They're ministering to people. If you're wondering where they are today, they made a commitment in ministry to a church, amen, up in, uh, up in Lexington. And they have made up in their mind, amen, that through some direction that they are actually helping another church while we're having church today. They're investing themselves and pouring themselves in ministry. Now, she told me, she said, Pastor, I'm ready to come home. I'm ready to see everybody. But she said, God is using me. God is ministering to me. God is making me. We was at the rally, and she was uplifted hands and tears rolling down her face. Let me tell you, sometimes God's got to let us go through some storms in our life and trials in our life and troubles in our life to get us to the place, amen, that we can face some Goliaths in our life and reach out to some sinners in the world. Let me tell you what God is doing. Amen. God is ruffling feathers. God is ministering to men. God is changing people. Oh, let me tell you. Don't rebuke the hand of God that is operating in your life right now. God, oh, I'm preaching in the Holy Ghost. God is doing something in your life and he's making you to be better for his cause, not for yours. It's uncomfortable. Those storms of life are uncomfortable in our lives, aren't they? Absolutely, they're uncomfortable. Hallelujah. There's something that we need to understand today. Somehow, somewhere this church has come to believe that she needs to spend her time tied to the dock. And that's a lie out of the pits of hell. God didn't call you to keep your boat tied to the pier. Amen. Jesus said, let's go to the other side. Yes. Amen. Jesus put his disciples not once, but repeatedly through the storms. Amen. I say storms. I have you smile and say it before we're all done. Repeatedly, he put them in storms. Amen. Now, this generation, they have mastered three words. That's not fair. 
If we have ever lived in a generation of people, that's not fair. That ain't fair. They get to do this and we don't get to do that. That's not fair. He gets to do this and I don't get to do that. Grow up in Jesus' name. Find you a ministry. Let God perfect you. Go lay hands on somebody. And... Those storms of life ain't fair. Amen. In your eyes, but they're productive. In Matthew 14, Jesus constrained his disciples to get into a ship and to go of all places to the other side. How about that? Let's go to the other side. And he went up into the mountains to pray. This is a different storm. And Brother Forbes, and a storm arose, and the ship was tossed. And in the fourth watch of the night, Jesus went unto them, walking on the sea. You will never intimately know him as the Prince of Peace and the Sea Walker without the storms in your life. (laughs) What's going on in my life? God is trying to reveal himself to you. He's trying to show his person to you. He's trying to minister to your heart, to your soul, to your mind. That you would have a deeper understanding of Christ. And you would say, I think I know him in this. If you're going through it again, you don't. Sometimes God has to tell us two or three times, doesn't he? Amen. Any of us ever raised a toddler? You ever told him two or three times? Amen. Brother Chris would never learn nothing. For a long time. Amen. He would go over and touch something that was pretty. We'd say, no, stop, no, stop, no, stop, no, stop. And it finally got to the point I had to smack his hand or his mama would smack his hand. Oh, yeah. Yeah, we're that generation. Amen. And then when that wasn't good enough, we smacked something else. Thank you, Jesus. I believe the Bible. That's what the Bible says. The Bible says... I'm not here. I'll preach on that. The Bible always says. But he had to be taught. Had to be trained. Amen. Through the hand of daddy and mama. What's God doing in my life? Sometimes he's smacking our hands. Sometimes he speaks to us. And then sometimes he does more than that. Amen. What's he doing? He is getting me to a place that he is perfecting ministry in me. To make me better. Let me tell this church this today. I would never, ever, ever have graced this pulpit. And I am nothing. But that I didn't allow God to fix some things in me. Hear what I'm saying? It's a process that he puts us through. And even the storms of our life produces, amen, the process. And in the process of that, in the cries, in the tears, amen, in in those deep moments of time, amen, let me tell us this. Daddy is speaking to our heart, and he's telling us, I'm trying to make you better at what you do. In the first happening, in the first happening, and, and let me say this, in both happenings, 
of the storm. And I'm finishing up. In both happenings and both accounts, Jesus was taking his disciples to Gadara. How about that? Both storms, Brother Kevin, they were headed to Gadara. You want to know why? Because Gadara was a rough place. Gadara was not Jewish. Gadara was the land of the Gentiles. It was the Gadarenes. It was not a pleasant place. Sometimes your ministry will lead you into unpleasant places. But if it saves a soul from hell, it's worth walking in our ministry. In the first happening, there met him out of the tombs a man with an unclean spirit who had his dwelling in the tombs and no man could bind him, no, not with chains and the chains that had been plucked asunder by him and the fetters broken to pieces and neither could any man tame him and always night and day he was crying in the mountains in the tombs, crying and cutting himself with stones. Everybody say demonic oppression. Absolutely. You can go to Greek Aramaic, and you will find that that word there is demonized. Amen. It's one and the same. We, we get into different degrees, and we can talk about it all day long, but let's talk about, amen, for a moment there was a man on the other side that needed a problem in his life fixed. Amen. So what do we do? Jesus said, I'm not just going to send us to the devil-possessed man unless I put you in a storm first. Let me tell us, there's some of us, amen, where, where you're going you're, you're gonna to go to places and you're going to fight the enemy of your soul and you need to understand that God is working in you something and the, the, the devils you're battling and the struggles and the issues and the problems you're going through. Let me tell you what you do. You're building spiritual muscles, Brother Mason. Amen. We're building spiritual muscles. And in those times uh, we cry out in faith sometimes. We're saying, oh God, I need you to move on my body. Have. Why? Because when I get to the place of Gadara, I am already tried and true. This place called Gadara was the land of the Gentiles. Sometimes your ministry will lead you through unpleasant places. Jesus rebuked the devil. They entered into swine and they prayed that he leave the country, number one. First happening. Both storms headed to the same place, but the first happening, there met him a devil out of the tombs. That man said, what do you want me to do? He said, he said the whole thing is well, Let me tell you about the man here that had been delivered. The second time, Scripture tells us, and when the men of that place had knowledge of him, they sent out into all the country round about, and they brought unto him all that were diseased, and they besought him that they might only touch the hem of his garment, and as many as touched him were made perfectly whole. In his first visit, he was cast out of the country. But in his second visit, amen, because he faced the devil in the first visit, in the second visit, they had revival, they had anointing, they had power, they had authority. Amen, people were healed. A country was converted. Let me tell you, God is working in the midst of the lives of people. Stand with me today. I've preached too long.
I want to tell the church this today. You got to get to Gadara. It's not enough that you're not in Gadara. If you're not involved in ministry, God will ruffle your feathers and He will challenge you until. Let me, let me say it like this. He will squeeze you until something comes out. Because brother Nathan, he desires that we be used of him. And this is the truth of the matter because souls matter.